Welcome back to On the Road with Legal Talk Network. I'm Lawrence Coletti, executive producer. And today we are finally back in our home studios, which we rarely get to these days, but that's okay. It's a special announcement. We're launching a brand new show. It's called Sidebar. And joining us today, we have the two hosts from Sidebar and we have the producer and get this, composer for Sidebar. So let me welcome the whole gang here. So we have Mitch Winnick and Jackie Gardina. They're our hosts. Uh, Welcome to the show. And also David Eakin. He's our producer slash composer. Welcome everybody. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to be here, Lawrence. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. I'm so excited, you know, and so uh, this show, uh, when you all uh, came to us, uh, you know, I thought this is going to be a really fun one for us to add to the network. And uh, what makes it so special is that, you know, Jackie and Mitch are both deans of law school. So I want to start there with the introductions. We're definitely going to talk with David about some of the creatives, but uh, Mitch and Jackie, you all are deans of the law school. You come to us with this project for a show here. So tell us about your background. I know there was a compelling reason that you were drawn to law and now you're educators. So tell us that story. we start with, uh, let's go ladies first. Let's go with Jackie. Thanks, Lawrence. And yes, as we talked about in our teaser, uh, I had always been interested in law, even from when I was a small child. And so uh, I went to undergrad at University of Iowa, go Hawkeyes, and graduated and thought, is law really what I want to do? Or is that what I was always told I should do? So I took a pause. I ended up getting a master's in social work and was working with kids and families, which put me back into the courtroom as an expert witness, and then also put me in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee in the state where I was working to try to change the law, which got me all excited about the law again, because I really see the law as the ability to make systemic change in our country. So I ended up going to law school, and then I was clerking for the first judge, Chief Judge Young of the Federal District Court of Massachusetts, and he was talking to some children about what lawyers do. And he said, lawyers are teachers. That's what we do. We teach juries. We teach legislatures. We teach judges. We teach clients. And I thought, what a great way to practice law, to teach. So I first started adjunct teaching in Boston, and then I ended up getting a full-time job at Vermont Law School. Awesome. Awesome. How about you, Mitch? Well, as listeners will figure out, Jackie's stories will always be more interesting than mine because she's just a more interesting (laughs) person than I am and certainly a more interesting law school dean. But moving right along, I actually came into law, not unlike Jackie, the the forces that were going on in my young years, desegregation, the Vietnam War, helped me understand that the relationship between the citizens and the government was many times mediated by lawyers and certainly the politics of of those issues. And that's what stimulated me to be interested in. in, For me, it was law and politics. Uh, I went to the University of Houston Law School and to shortcut how I got into legal education, the third year of law school, the business school at the University of Houston undergraduate would hire third-year law students to teach business law. And it was a a secret job that got handed down through the Student Bar Association without anybody ever knowing it was available. And the president of the Student Bar, who was a year ahead of me, came to me and said, Mitch, did you ever think about teaching law? My answer was, where? 
they told me about the arrangement and I signed up and I taught for two years business law at the undergraduate level and I got bit by the bug. I thought that was the coolest thing I had ever done. In the meantime, I then went off for more than 20 years doing other things before I got back into legal education, but I never forgot that that was something that I wanted to do. Uh, in between, briefly, I've spent time practicing law. I spent time as a management consultant. I spent time as a venture capitalist. But when the time came to decide what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, the, the simple answer was to get back into legal education. And Monterey College of Law gave me that opportunity. Excellent. Well, David, every great show has a great person behind the glass. And so as I understand it, uh, you were all set to retire. You've got a long career working in media and production. You're just like, hey, I'm going to ride off in the sunset. But Mitch said, not so fast. We have to do a show. We have to do sidebar. So what was it that uh, attracted you back in? And, uh, you know, tell us about your career and, uh, you know, getting steered back into this. So Sure. So to start with my career, it really began with the Beatles and my brother brought home the Meet the Beatles album and that was it. I joined the Honor Orchestra in fourth grade and started playing percussion in high school. I picked up a guitar and started playing rock and roll, fell in love with theater, then majored in theater at UOP where I met Mitch over 45 years ago when we were roommates. And then from there, I became a production manager for a regional theater, PCPA Theater Fest point about that is that I, I saw the assimilation and the synergy of music, of script, of visual, and I put those all together. Later, I got in the media business and I worked with Mitch on some long form videos. From there, when Mitch mentioned that, hey, I'm doing this project, I suggested maybe I could help. And that's how we got here. Awesome. So you got pulled right back in, right? Correct. Yeah. It's very exciting. For me, the difference between theater and podcast is, is to a degree, very minimal in the sense that they're on, th on the stage, there's transitions between scenes and there's music under dialogue. Well, here, there's the same thing. There's music between the interviews and there's music underneath the commercials. So I saw a way to put those all together, which is the same way that music affects theater, I feel that it, it can affect a podcast. And I don't think anyone is taking advantage of that, but us, the three of us. And thanks to Jackie and Mitch for buying into that idea of let's do something that has conceptual continuity. Well, that's a great uh, stepping off point. So I definitely want to talk about sidebar. So, you know, if you're a lawyer out there, especially if you've been in a courtroom, uh, you know what the term sidebar means. It could be a good or a bad thing. Uh, but uh, in the, in the uh, confines of this show, sidebar means something special. And so, you know, Jackie or Mitch, why did you pick the name sidebar and why does it mean so much to this vision that you're putting together? Let me start with that one, although I usually let Jackie go first to keep from getting in trouble, but I'll just wade right into this one. I started the process by making a long list of possible names, all of which Jackie rejected because they were either dumb or didn't convey the idea of the show. Uh, somewhere along the way, the collaboration of picking names, no different than I hope we'll see as the collaboration of co-hosts. Sidebar got listed and we thought, that's perfect because it really conveys both the legal term of a private conversation about serious issues before a decision gets made, and the common use, which is a story or a discussion that's to the side of the main idea. So we thought the name perfectly conveyed what we hope to do. How did I do, Jackie? 
Yeah, I don't think I can improve on that, except that I wasn't the only one to reject all the names that you came <laughs> up with. I think there was a, a universal rejection of those names. So yes, you got it right. And I think Sidebar felt right because it was hopefully an invitation to a more intimate discussion and an opportunity to discuss things that perhaps aren't discussed all the time in, in the larger public world. So we hope what we're going to be doing is bringing intimate and important conversations to a large audience. Well, so uh, Jackie and Mitch, uh, you both are educators and that's that's your primary mission uh, during the day. And this show is intended to continue that. Uh, but uh, as I understand it, you want to bring it to an audience outside of the law school. So share that with us, this vision that you put together for taking the information as it's out there and doing what educators do, distill it down these complicated uh, issues into something that's a little bit more absorbable, a little bit more di- uh, digestible. Yeah, I'll go first on this one, Mitch. And I think both of us share the passion of the classroom and being able to excite people about the law. I think one of the selfish reasons for doing this show is that I get to talk about subjects that excite me and I get to talk with other people who are equally excited about these subjects. And hopefully what I'm going to do as well is introduce ideas and concepts and spark conversations among others about these same things. So to me, it's almost like being in the classroom, but really being able to affect a much broader audience, I hope. Just like Jackie, we get so busy every day that we see headlines, but we rarely get the luxury of stopping and going deeper into an issue. And what makes me very excited about the show, not only for our audience, but for for me personally, is It makes us stop and dig deeper, think harder, ask questions, learn more. And that is the goal of the show, to take these dramatically important issues that affect our lives and to get everybody to stop at least for 30 minutes and think a little more deeply about it. And then on our website at sidebarmedia.org, we will have the books and articles that our guests have written so that if you want to go even further there's the opportunity to do that as well. I think another piece of that is, and hopefully we're going to be able to convey this in in the shows that we have, is helping people see a thread that connects the law together. I mean, the law is an interconnected web. It's not siloed. And everything we talk about is connected. So for example, when Mitch and I were thinking about what our show was going to be about, and we wanted to talk about constitutional and civil rights, It was impossible for us to start there and not start with the midterms and voting in our democracy, which serves as that foundation of all of those things. So what I really also hope we're able to do is allow people to see how issues are connected to each other rather than um, distinct and can be thought about separately. It's not only the midterms, Lawrence, just to toss right in, it's not too difficult when you have the Supreme Court of the United States acting as your straight persons. Well, before I bring David back in, I definitely want to follow up on this exciting lineup of guests. And so uh, before we even, I think, even got the artwork figured out for this show, you all had already booked, I think it was about seven or eight guests, tremendous guests already agreed to be part of the show. And so why don't we start with that? Who are these early guests and what are some of the topics you're going to be talking about in these first episodes? Jackie's the one who started some of the first ones. Uh, David's helping us produce them. But Jackie, let you let it off. Why don't you give us the headliners? 
Yeah, so I had been listening to and reading David Pepper's book, Laboratories of Autocracy. And like most things I read, it it was exciting me and I was digging in more into it. And I thought, this is someone that I want to talk to and I want to introduce his thinking to others. And it was so important. Uh, and it was such an important message that I, I really was excited about inviting him on the show. Luckily, he said yes. And I thought he was a perfect guest to kick off the show if we're going to focus in on how important voting is to those constitutional and civil rights that we cherish. I then was able to see an article that David Knoll wrote, um, co-authored, and it's on vigilante federalism. And again, was focused on state legislatures and the power that they hold. Uh, So it dovetailed nicely with what David Pepper was going to be talking about. And then I thought, wow, Buffy Wick is here in California, but she's got a national name based on the reproductive justice and housing health um, laws that she's been working on. And wouldn't it be wonderful to have a state legislature come in and talk to us about how it actually happens? And then I had had the opportunity to talk to Joel Rogers previously about his founding of an organization called ALICE, which has now been transformed into uh, an organization called SIX. And it is really about creating model legislation for a sustainable democracy. And so could we bring him in and really round out that conversation about state legislatures, state laws, and the power that they hold? And as you mentioned, Lawrence, those are just the headliners, our first three or four shows. We now actually have our first 15 guests who've been identified. And rather than take the rest of this show to, to tell you about each of them, you know, again, go to our website and go to the LTN website, and we have previews of those shows. Now, I want to transition over to David. So uh, it's not often that we get a media partner that's got musician talent and voiceover talent and, uh, you know, some theatrical uh, experience there. So, David, some of this magic that you're throwing in the shows, like some of the transitional elements, your voiceover work, the original music scoring, tell us about that, this flavor that you're adding to the podcast. Sure. So, first of all, I'm a composer for plays. So I've spent the last 40 years in dark rooms and done my 10,000 hours. I've always analyzed and looked at how music affects the moment. And this show is, what I've discovered is very much in the moment. We've done two two shows and one seven minute two teaser and each has its own life. So then I come along after that and I add what will move the show forward. And by that, it's looking at what music transitions can I compose that will move the action forward, much like a play, and at the same time, make it interesting and draw you in. So the music that I do for the commercials is to elevate the information that is being relayed by the client. And then two, the music between the dialogue that's occurring is to be a a chapter close and then the next chapter open. Well, and you'll also recognize it as the first voice you hear when the show opens up uh, describing it. So you do a tremendous job there. Speak with great authority, my friend. Well, thank you so much. So that's another part is that I've worked very hard conceptually to look at how other podcasts are done and then go, let's do this differently. And Mitch and Jackie were on board with me that we could use this word called conceptual continuity. And with each piece, I know it sounds kind of goofy, but... 
if I'm doing a piece about a client that's futuristic, I'm going to have spacey music underneath it. If I'm going to do a piece about a, a law college that's moving forward, I'm going to use a techno piece for the introduction to the podcast that we're doing. I am doing something that's more classically trained. So it just depends on what the moment is. And that's what I've discovered is to be present for the moment. What I would like to also say about Jackie and Mitch is there's this saying about Bill Clinton, the president, that when they used to ask him, do you know about this country in Africa? Bill could go seven deep before he had to ask about information on the country. He was so educated. Most presidents can only go two. They know where it is and they might know the capital. With Jackie and Mitch, I'm getting to work with some brilliant people. And I've already watched as we've interviewed David Pepper that they're in the moment, they're smart, they're intuitive, and they're moving the show forward. And I'm really glad to be a part of that. Well, that's uh, David Eakin there. Uh, he's talented, he's gracious, and he has a ridiculously humongous vinyl collection, a triple thread guy. Thank you. All right. So one of the questions I had, a second to last question for you to help me out a little bit. And I've been working with you all for a little bit now, but I'm still confused about one thing. So there is this network of law schools that support this show. And so you all have explained this to me before, and I am still lost. And so let me just kind of cue this up for the listener real quick. So, uh, so Mitch, from your side of it, Monterey College of Law, that's the school that you're a dean of. Now that school has associations with San Luis Obispo College of Law, Kern County College of Law, Empire College of Law, California Institutions, and it also has this hybrid tech concentration. And so Jackie, from your side of things, we have the Colleges of Law with the campus in Santa Barbara, a campus in Ventura, and there's an online component. And so all of these institutions work together in some form or fashion, they collaborate. And I've talked with people from different teams of different entities, I think. So can you walk us through, can you guys map this all out for us? Because I know it's going to permeate through the show. We're going to hear a bunch of these names as the production cycle goes on, but just walk me and the listener through. Let me start with the simplest. Both of our programs are part of the California accredited law schools. California, unlike every other state, has state accredited law schools in addition to the American Bar Association law schools that most people have heard about. So both of our institutions are part of the 18 California accredited law schools. We're aligned through our accreditation. We're not actually, the 18 schools aren't aligned as a corporate or educational entity. We're aligned because we're all accredited by the same group, the State Bar of California. Within that, Monterey College of Law has four campuses. So we have Monterey College of Law, San Luis Obispo College of Law, Kern County College of Law, and Empire College of Law. Jackie, notice how I got one more plug for all of our schools. So we are an entity. In one way, Santa Barbara and Ventura, the colleges of law, are direct competitors geographically and content-wise. On the other hand, as educators, Jackie and I really could care less about that. We both have the same mission, which is to provide quality legal education for regional communities and online. So we don't have any problem collaborating on a program like this, which is still educational, going to a much larger group. It goes right into our wheelhouse. Well, that's about as clear as I've heard it yet. So <laughs> you have to wait now because now Jackie gets to correct me on, on the parts that I misspeak about. That's the way the program's going to work. <laughs> I don't have anything to correct you about. Uh, I think 
I have the benefit of, of having worked and actually went to an ABA accredited law school and I know and knew that world very well. It's what most lawyers know. The Cal accredited law school system is very special. And I think both Mitch and my schools live the mission of believing that the legal profession needs to be as diverse as our nation. Uh, and so we serve a working adult population. Colleges of Law, which has a campus in Santa Barbara, one in Ventura, has a hybrid JD, and then it has a master's of arts in law with a focus on business, entrepreneurship, law, and technology, really is set to, uh, to serve the local Santa Barbara Ventura community. Hybrid, like with Mitch, has, has allowed us to kind of create a bigger footprint. And that's really where the direct competition comes in. I think when we were sitting in our little geographic entities, pulling from our local communities, it was different than when online came on. But I think with the common mission, uh, it's a win for any student who's able to go to one of the Cal accredited law schools. For example, at colleges of law, the entire JD education costs around $72,000. So that's not one year, that's the entire thing. So offering a quality, affordable legal education is something that we, we get to offer uh, and is what makes it exciting to get up and go to work every day. Both of our law schools have been in existence over 50 years. That's five, zero, 50 years. So we're not new to the California legal landscape. And that also means that we've been able to have graduates go out and be judges, district attorneys, public defenders, city, county attorneys, and serve in just about every walk of life of the legal community, both in our local communities and as they migrate to other jobs throughout the state. All right, running out of time. So last question. So Sidebar Podcast, where, but more importantly, when can listeners find it? So we're going to start November 5th on the Legal Talk Network, as you well know. But you can also get information about us on our social media feeds. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube up and going. In most of those, the handle is Sidebar L. TN for Legal Talk Network. We also have our website, which is sidebarmedia.org, which will give you all of this information and direct you back to Legal Talk Network to listen to the show. And, you know, I'll say for our part, we're going to have this featured at LegalTalkNetwork.com. It'll be under the shows tab. It'll be amongst our other uh, collection of shows there under Sidebar, uh, and you'll be able to find it there. Uh, in addition, we're in all the downstream apps, the regular downstream apps, so Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and uh, Overcast, all the standard downstream apps. And in addition, we're going to give a preview for that very first episode in this show. So don't touch that channel. If you want to hear this episode, the first episode, don't touch that channel played right after this episode has concluded. So, well, that's the end of our episode here today. We've reached the end of the road, so to speak, but I want to thank Jackie, Mitch, and David for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's our pleasure. And we are excited to get started. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate and leave us a review in your favorite podcasting app. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. 
The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.